Hello and welcome to uh, another BS podcast or BS cast as they are going to be known from now on. BScast.com is the place that you'll find them. I am joined today, tonight, this morning, whenever you're listening to this, by uh, my old cohorts, Tyler Moliterno from Generation Animation and David Hopkins Hi. from Erie International. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, what's up? Uh, I'm looking forward to having a new arsehole ripped for me uh, over our topic for the day, which is Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice, or as I've heard it called on another podcast, Dawn of Just Ass. (laughs) Dawn of Just Ass. Yeah. Um, So uh, let the merriment begin. On my side this time. (laughs) See, this is the weird thing because when I was talking to David about this before, uh, possibly before either of us had actually seen it, I'm not entirely sure. I think David may have seen it and I hadn't yet. Um, I was just kind of like, it sounds like David's reasonably positive. I want him on the show because he can be on my side. <laughs> and now it feels like he's on your side and I'm a little bit upset. But I think you guys are, um, are going to both be disappointed because I'm probably going <laughs> to not Well, I'm not going to fall in the middle if Dave loves it and Tyler hates it because I'm definitely going to be closer to Tyler. But I don't. I don't think it's as bad as most people say it is. No. But no, I think, I think we're going to have a good – I've been saying all, all week that I think this is going to be an interesting conversation because I don't – I'm not, I'm not going to come out the gate and, and <laughs> just start shitting all over this movie. But, but I we will get there. Problems with that. <laughs> but, like, but that said, my favorite thing about this is that – so if you go on the BS cast and you look through <laughs> – me and Dave have already had a lot of conversations about this. Yeah. Um. I will say that I I have to go back and listen to it to be sure, but I'm pretty sure there were a couple of things that I specifically said in that <laughs> podcast that we recorded in May of 2014 about this movie that were 100 percent accurate. I wouldn't doubt but it. I would have to go back and listen to it to to remember for sure. But <laughs> we had a conversation last week after we recorded Generation Animation where we started yelling at each other about this and neither one of us had even seen the movie yet. <laughs> it was a philosophical disagreement. Yeah, we were just we were we were literally ba- we were having an argument about the movie just based on reviews we had read. We hadn't either one of us had actually heard it yet. Or seen it yet, so yeah, it'll be interesting now to have this conversation where we actually now we're in a better place. Happened. Yeah. Well, what was what was the not not to rehash it, but what was the philosophical <laughs> disagreement? Oh man, do it, you even remember Tyler? It always comes back to <laughs> Superman. Superman. Yeah. Well, let's start okay. with Superman because I I saw a very interesting point that was brought up by uh, Mario, I think it was. Um, who... The plumber? No, not the plumber. Not the plumber. You oh. <laughs> full name Mario Mario. No. Yeah, Mario Mario and his brother <laughs> Mario. Luigi Mario. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't the um, it wasn't the plumber. It was uh, Mario, whose last name I can never pronounce. Uh, Mayali. Anyway, he's on the fan off forums. Go and say hello okay. to him. Um, basically, he um, he said that. Uh, the problem with Superman is that he's not um, in this movie and in Man of Steel he's not kind of like the goody two shoes and I'm paraphrasing terribly here so I might be misrepresenting Mario here but um, it was basically that uh, Marvel have already shown that the goody two shoes character can work with Captain America and my response to that was and is 
that Captain America was born in like the 1920s, raised during the like the the 20s and 30s. He's a hundred years old, pretty much. He's got old school values, and therefore he reflects those values as being kind of the goody two shoes character. Superman originally, when he was created, was born in that same kind of era, and therefore brought up with the same kind of values. And now he's not. He's a generate. He's a product of Generation X, essentially. Like he is the same as all of us. He was not brought up as kind of like, well, you know, by golly, you get married and you have your children and you defend truth, justice in the American way, by golly, because that's how we do it around here. And, you know, I'm a corn-fed country boy and I'll fight for my country until the last and all those damned communists, all the pesky bastards, aren't they? And it's like, that's not how he grew up. He grew up in a society where MTV was on television where the bad guy was cool, where the Terminator was the, the one of the big movies of the era. And he kind of... I'm not saying he has to reflect that, but this character, I feel, does reflect that. So you're saying that the Superman looks up to the Terminator? No, no, tries, no, you're, pa- you're, no, you're putting words in my mouth. Him, small boy. What I'm saying is that this Superman didn't grow up uh, in the era that would make him the goody two-shoes Boy Scout. He grew up in an era where... He has self doubts and he well, I think, isn't perfect. I think it's all, all respect to Mario Mario. Uh, like I think that <laughs> I think intrinsically they're not the same character on any level in any iteration of the medium or, or of any of the medium. So Superman and Captain America yeah. are very different characters. Mm. And I don't even necessarily mean in their upbringings, although that too, like you I think it was just Dave, as a moral code more than anything. Yeah, like Superman to me isn't a goody two-shoes character. I, I, the biggest difference to me, and I'll get the snarky, douchey part of my personality <laughs> out of the way, is that Superman's not interesting and Captain America is. Yeah. Getting past that, yeah. the thing that about Superman, he's not a goody two-shoes character to me. I don't think he never really has been as much as he is just um, morally good like it, not mm. goody two-shoes in the sense I, I get the goody two-shoes expression for captain america because because he's the you know like in, in the second avengers movie you know someone says shit or damn or something and, and he says language, language you know he's that guy <laughs> you know he's the, yeah they he, do that on purpose the, though don't they like they're playing yeah. that up big time yeah yeah totally but, but also the thing that i appreciate Superman, about, i don't think would do that no uh, right i i don't either but i but here's here's my point i want to get this well first off when it comes to captain america i think Captain America, I think one of the most refreshing things about the Marvel movies is that Captain America, I think, is my favorite member of the Avengers. And it's because they've managed to somehow keep his backstory and his origin and his fish out of waterness while at the same time making him seem like an interesting person. Like he's a normal, he's still a guy and he's adapting. Hmm. And he's not, he's not that, like, whenever I imagined Captain America in the past, he was always very rigid and rules in America. And Captain America seems like a normal guy. He's just a good person who, you know, is representing the ideal of America. Hmm. And I don't know. I think Marvel does a really good job with that. Yeah. But what I want to say about Superman is that I think the thing about what I find interesting about superman is it it doesn't so much it's not a reflection of his of when he was born or the era he was brought up in Mm. um as much as it's that there there is something that is very this is one of the things that actually upset me the most about man of steel and it continues into batman versus superman in a way and it's that i 
have gone on record and said in our previous conversations that I enjoyed Man of Steel to a certain point. Mm. Um, and my my problem with it is, I if I remember correctly, and I I only watched the movie, I think once. I don't think I ever went back and watched the whole thing again. But I re- distinctly remember being in the theater and really enjoying Henry Cavill play Superman as somebody who is a normal guy with superpowers. Mm. And even that bit when he when he puts the 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 like post in I that guy's that trunk. <laughs> I love that and bit. That's it. I enjoyed that scene. I liked him as a normal guy. Yeah. And a real person. And to me, Superman is he is technically an alien from another planet. Mm. He's an alien from another planet who was raised in on a farm in Kansas with two loving parents mm. and who learned a sense of righteousness and is a human for all extents and purposes. He is a superhuman. He's a guy who has superpowers, but just grew up in Kansas. He's a guy from Kansas. That's yep. it. And to me, Man of Steel and this entire DC universe in a way lost its way for me when when Man of, when in Man of Steel, when Superman reveals that he's the alien from the other planet and he starts interacting with the military and everything else, he loses all trace of his humanity and he seems like an alien. He acts like an alien. And he's not the guy from Kansas in a suit. He is acting like he's just another alien. Hmm. And I get that throughout this movie as well, where all I want is I'm fine with him having moral issues and him being confused about what's right to do and what's wrong to do. Hmm. But I want him to be like an actual person. Yeah, <laughs> He doesn't seem like a real person anymore. I mean, he I, did at the I, beginning of Man of Steel. I actually hmm. thought that he really did seem like an actual person that existed. And then he lost his humanity as soon as he put on that suit. And he has not brought it back. I don't feel like he necessarily loses his humanity for me. Um, I think certainly during Batman vs. Superman, what you find is that even though there's a large portion of the population that worship him almost as a god, and that's a issue which, you know... And he does not... He actively seems to to. He encourages it in certain that, areas, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, while there are aspects, and there's certainly a, a lot of people that do kind of like hero worship him. There's also the effigy burning and the spray canning of statues and stuff, and he's it makes him the outsider, and he's almost falling into the trap of acting the way that people are pigeonholing him as. Um. But as far as Man of Steel is concerned, like, yeah, no, I don't think that he showed much personality there at all. But then I don't know if maybe there's this thing of like, well, he can't say that he's just a, a country boy from Kansas because he doesn't want to give away his identity. No, blah, blah, blah. no, no he, he doesn't say that. He just should be just seem like a normal guy. Mm. Like when, when like he should be when he is Superman and he's and he's doing superhuman things. I want him to seem like a normal person. Hmm. I want him to just seem like a guy who is helping people. Instead, he actively seeks out this God stance. He does this thing constantly throughout Man of Steel where he hovers over people slowly. And it's hmm. creepy and unsettling and I and complete makes him completely cold. And there is not a doubt in my mind. Like to me, the way this storyline is supposed to go is in the world of the movie, society 
uh, some people like Superman, but the majority of people don't like Superman because they find him as someone who is bad. He's too much of a god. That's why Lex Luthor and Bruce Wayne have a problem with him, and I get that. And But to me, I should be proven as an audience member that, oh, he – but he's not like that. Mm. And I know he's not like that. I think they so try to do that. So I know that those that. people are wrong, but yeah. I don't. They're they, right. They try to do that with certain scenes in Batman versus Superman. There's that whole kind of section where he's pulling, for some strange reason, a overturned ship through ice. And I don't know who that's helping, to be honest. But it's yeah. almost like he set himself, you know, like the Herculean tasks, like seven Why did tasks. He do this? Yeah. Oh I don't know. But anyway, you know, get, getting back to my point. Um, Zack Snyder has an issue with iconography. Um, he's a wonderful, he he is a wonderful director for, um, imagery. Um, I think it's unfair to lay all of the blame at his feet. And I know that having listened to Hideous Energy, as well as, um, uh, Fat Man on Batman recently, not everybody is, and they are apportioning some blame. And I know, David, that you had this conversation with Austin that there's a certain amount of blame that goes to the uh, the scriptwriters as well. Yeah. And that is definitely deserved yeah. because you can only make the film that you're given the script of. You can't... I know that I think... certain directors have more power over the script, but I don't yeah, think he I... necessarily does. Yeah. My problem is I, I keep hearing things... Like, I see these movies and I pick these things kind of out, but then when mm. whenever I hear... David S. Goyer or <laughs> Zack Snyder talk about things. Mm. I go, well, you either there are certain certain scenarios where I feel like they either don't understand the character that they're trying to portray, or they yeah do like like to me Zack Snyder. I used to for a while I thought Zack Snyder doesn't get Superman, but now I think he gets Superman, but I don't think he likes Superman at least, and he wants to do Superman differently, which mm. I'm not against. I just feel like this completely is have, not the same thing. That's that's what yeah, I've been it's saying. It's not working. That's what I've been saying since day one with this stuff. Is like day one of Batman versus Superman anyway, not not Man of Steel. But is mm. you? I don't I don't care if you do a different version of the characters. Like I I'm yeah. I am a huge comic book fan. Like to the to a crazy degree. Like I work in the industry as a letterer and and like designer and stuff. Like I I buy way more books than I should be. I do the podcast, like I've got a Hellboy tattoo on my arm. Like I'm so into this stuff. That all that being said, like if you change Batman or Superman in a movie, I, I don't care necessarily. Like I'm not going to be upset about it as long as you you still have a solid grasp on character, and and it can be your version of the character. That's fine, mm. but it needs to be consistent. Yeah. And the, the stuff with this is it's the, my biggest problem is that they're doing different versions of the characters, and it's not consistent. They're either doing something different and then you know putting that on front street but then not exploring it even a little bit yeah. so then it looks like a misfire where it's oh they you know i guess batman kills people now you know like that that's not talked about other than like oh well he's pissed off cuz it's been 20 years and superman's here now like it, it's a really flimsy excuse or it's right. completely ignored it, which is superman's case i think I, I, superman's not a character that i really like all that much that being said the biggest disappointment to me in this film is that Superman is vastly underused in in terms of character development. There's almost virtually nothing for well, him that, that's, in terms of yeah. growth or progression as a character. And I'm someone who I didn't like of, of all of Man of Steel's people. The things that people hate about Man of Steel, 
the one, <laughs> two of the biggest things that I did not have a problem with that most people did. I think I'm going to be with you here, and Tyler's going to yeah, hate this. <laughs> was was the the chaos and destruction at the end in Metropolis, uh, and Superman killing Zod? Because for me, yes, <laughs> I now well hold on. <laughs> for me, I was like, okay, this is exciting territory for you guys to now explore, yeah. and figure out what this means, and then figure they didn't. out how this fits in the universe, what this means for Superman's character. Yeah. He took yeah. a, he took another another life. Um, there's tons of people that died in Metropolis. And then what I think happened personally is the movie came out, people lost their minds because they hated how Zack Snyder approached it. And so in the sequel, they basically don't address it. You know, They kind of do a couple times here and there in, in news reports, but mm-hmm. it's inconsistent and they don't do anything right. with it. And well, here's, it's such a bummer because they could have done exactly right. interesting things yeah. and, you know, and one one last thing, sorry, because I know I totally hijacked this and went on a rant, and I'm going to totally try yeah, not fine. to do that. But well, to your no, point, you're right. You're absolutely right. I'm going <laughs> to piggyback off that in a second. Well, to your and to your, I'm about to piggyback off something you said just a second ago. <laughs> I think it's interesting because you've got you've got three screenwriters on this film, from what I remember. I haven't looked it up, but I'm pretty sure it's Chris Terrio, Goyer. Uh, wait, no, it might be just them two, right? Yeah, yeah it's just, just those two. Uh, so, and then Zack Snyder as the third director, not a screenwriter, but you know, as a visionary, or whatever. Um, You've got somebody who I think doesn't understand the characters or, to your point, maybe does and rails against them, and that's Snyder. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got somebody who I think does understand the characters but isn't a strong screenwriter, and I think that's David Goyer. Um, and again, I, David Goyer's made some films that I have liked. I think I like the first two Blade movies quite a bit. I mean, he's not you know devoid of talent, but I mean, it's, yeah. he's hit and miss, mostly miss. Um, but I do think that he understands the comic book characters. And then you've got Chris Terrio, who I think is a great screenwriter, too, based off of Argo. And I, I don't know yeah. what else he's done. That's the one I usually go to. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then in the past films, you've got the Nolan brothers, who I think basically there's been almost this dynamic of, like, we've got Goyer in here because he knows the characters. But ultimately, he's not the strongest screenwriter. So a lot of the big ideas that come out, uh, typically aren't the ones that are true to characters. So it's this weird kind of like hodgepodge power dynamic that you have going on with the film where Snyder's is com- Snyder's influence is definitely coming through. And to your point, Tyler, this dude says more stuff in interviews than potentially anybody else, maybe besides not to get political, Donald Trump in this country hey. right now. Where I read it and I'm just like, what? Like, what yeah. are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. Like, that is crazy. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever in terms of, you know, like, the Jimmy Olsen thing, which I, I mean, we can get into oh, that yeah. if we want to. But oh, it's yeah. like, we're going to get that. Well, we'll Zack Snyder's that. like, yeah. hey, this is a fun Easter egg. We killed Jimmy Olsen. And it's just like Superman's best pal, Jimmy Olsen. Like, you just murdered him, <laughs> like, shot him in the face. He's like, we're like, going to have some fun. We're going to have some fun with him. It's, it's by so murdering weird. murdering him. It's so weird. And so, I don't know. I, the whole thing is, is fascinating because you have so many people working here. And, and it's, I, I don't know. It could have gone in a much different way in, in terms of having, you know, a singular vision that. You know, and, and I think for a lot of ways, for a lot of people, Nolan's version of Batman is that. I know a lot of people who don't like that version of Batman, and they feel that Nolan mishandled it. But to Nolan's credit, maybe not necessarily the third movie of the trilogy, but the first two, it's consistent. They have specific things they want to do with that character, and they have specific ways that they want to do it, and they follow through. And my biggest problem with these movies is that there's not a consistency, and it's a bummer. I mean, they, they could have done some really interesting things, and they, they still might. I mean, there's more movies, but... Anyway, yeah. Yeah, so what the, the big thing that I want to talk about, and this has been my main issue from Man of Steel, and I, it was something that I, I said before in one of these podcasts that the 
I'm not, I'm honestly fine with him snapping Zod's neck, whatever. It, that I understand it, I get it, it's fine. Um, I think it's a weirdly aggressive image to have for Superman. But if they steer it into this idea that he's a, he, that this is his first time being Superman and he doesn't know what he's doing and he's going to vow not to do this again, which, Dave, you used to defend this. I but thought they did that not that was going to be the way they were going to go. And honestly, I feel like if yeah. the backlash hadn't been as great on Man of Steel, that they would have actually gone that route. And surprise, surprise people would have had less problem with the upcome with, with the Batman versus Superman movie but no everybody bitched and complained and mo- yeah, well no but this is the problem you can pander to the audience too much it's like there's this old saying of you know a a, a camel is a horse designed by committee yeah it's functional <laughs> but it looks fucking awful and you know it gets a terrible t- uh, score on rotten tomatoes as well and this is the problem with Batman versus Superman to a degree, and it comes into this consistency of characters point that you made, David, which is that they're so worried about currying favour with critics and fans and everyone that they're just trying to find some way of fitting everything in to the point that the characters that they did have in the first movie, namely uh, Superman and, and Lois Lane, and that's basically it, being completely inconsistent because they've gone one way with them on Man of Steel, with Superman breaking Zod's neck and you know basically sacrificing his entire homeworld uh, for the sake of his new homeworld, and then in the second movie suddenly it's just like right we can't really mention the whole killing Zod thing because everyone fucking hated that, and so like, we have but, to revisit. But no, that's the... the thing. It's not that you don't mention it. It's that you you. There, there oh, but they downplayed it. You they said that, and that you were right. Badly. And they, but they choose, they chose not to do it. They chose not to grow him at all. They, there was there when I sit down and I watch Man of Steel, I go, well, I don't like that they didn't touch on any of these things. Mm. That he, the the movie, the thing that disturbed me the most about the movie is that he causes all the destruction. Mm. He kills Zod. He weeps in the terminal. Then he kisses Lois Lane in the middle of the destruction, and then there's two comedy scenes, and then the movie ends. And I was like, <laughs> where is the part where we deal with what just happened? Because yeah. we seem to be completely ignoring it. Mm. But and when I made that point, you said, well, that's something they could work on in the sequel. They could actually use that and as I think growth. They you're right. Done. You're right. You're absolutely right. But the problem is – to me, if I was sitting down and I watched Men of Steel and I went, okay, I got to make Batman versus Superman now. Mm. To me, I can make a great movie from like a great sequel to Man of Steel with everything that people didn't like about it in Man of Steel and addressing it and mm. actually working it into the character. And to me, I understand why Batman and Bruce Wayne the, – the scene at the beginning of this movie – where Bruce Bruce Wayne is in a business suit and is rushing into the wreckage to help people. And the look on his face when he looks up at the buildings falling, yeah. and he's angry. Mm-hmm. I love that scene. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 felt, really I felt vindicated scene. at that point for, for all of that because that was just like, okay, that's great motivation for him being anti-Superman and also, you know, just like the reason why the world isn't fully behind Superman as well. Right. It's and like it's a stroke, actually, it's a stroke of genius it's, the way they shot it too, because it's oh, not yeah. the the end of Man of Steel is this big Dragon Ball Z esque fight mm. where they're flying through buildings and it's it's very like comic books, you know, superheroes. Mm. When you watch that scene at the beginning of Superman v Batman or Batman v Superman, whatever it's called, 
uh, from Bruce Wayne's perspective and from the ground, yeah. like it's scary. It's like 9 11. There's, there's, there's lasers tearing out of buildings. You can't see exactly who is fighting what or what's happening. Yeah. Mm. And it's a very different way of showing. I thought that was a smart move. Yeah. Like that's, that's I, visual I storytelling, really, you know, function. And, and to me, and this is the biggest point, the biggest misstep that this movie makes, I think that it's like, it's like that one step where one step over the edge and you kind of fall down the cliff. Like you could, you, you didn't have to take the step, but you did. But to me, they chose to center this story. I don't know if you realize it because in my head, all I kept thinking about, especially because the movie starts with it is the images from the end of man of steel and, it, and what happened to metropolis. But that's not what's going on in this movie. Instead, the scene in Africa with Lois Lane is the catalyst for the whole movie. That's why Holly Hunter's character is questioning Superman. And that's why everything that happens in this movie is because of that scene in Africa. Oh, Not nice. because of what happened in Metropolis at the end of the last movie, which doesn't make any sense to me. Well, we it, know, it depends. Like, I, I, I still want closure on that, and we still didn't get it because they pushed on to something that wasn't even as big of a deal. Yeah, but they've you... and, and they focused on that instead of the thing that I still want I want closure on. I want Superman to talk about how terrible he feels about that and how mm. he needs to you know he he made mistakes and that he wants to get better, but society isn't believing him and as hard as he tries to make everything right, society still isn't backing him. Mm. And rightfully so, and he doesn't blame them, but he wants he wants to be on their good graces again. Like that kind of idea. You could use that to build who Superman is and why he does what he does, but he doesn't deal with it. He doesn't deal with it at all. They don't talk about it ever. Mm. But then, then you, you can start draw parallels like that. When you start the movie with that great scene with Bruce Wayne and you show us what happened, I I it fueled me again and I was like, yes, let's fucking deal with what just happened again. <laughs> and I love this image, but then we don't do it. We, but they use it. We shoot but it is used. It, it has it has use because they use Metropolis as fuel for Bruce Wayne's fire. You know that is his personal reason well, why, why he hasn't acted to grind. Reason? Well, this is it's because because the same Batman. reason the, the same reason that New York. Hang on, hang on, hang on a second, the second, hang on a second. Let me just say this because you know I I keep waiting for a gap and there's never a gap. So I'm like sorry. I don't think you breathe. You just, <laughs> you just keep making your points. Um, yeah, I just keep pushing through. Metropolis is to uh, Batman's kind of like reckoning with authority as New York is for the Avengers. Like, the Avengers didn't have the Zakovia Accord drop on their desk after New York. It took two or three things to happen before the authorities finally decided enough is enough, we need accountability for these people. And the same is the case with Superman, in the case that Metropolis was New York and then Africa was kind of like the Zakovia kind of uh, deal. But it wasn't. But it is. What did he even do? Well... I, I think I, I see both of your points. You're you're right, Dave. Like I, I agree with you that they that is the catalyst. Like they immediately are like um the, with the with the it's inconsistent. But Metropolis is the, part of the reason, but it's not the sole reason why well, and this the is the whole happening. court thing and determining whether Superman is whatever Superman is. It's also 
odd because they have monuments up for him. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's yeah. you're you're dealing with that's that's the thing. Like it's not consistent. They have a public perception, and then they have uh, a government, you know, legal. And it's uh, only perception. eighteen months after Man of Steel too. Like that's yeah. weird that they that someone even put that monument up in that time. It's but it, yeah. it would have been I think better if they would have streamlined it into either a public perception or just a legal thing and kept it to that and developed it, mm-hmm. but they kind of do both and neither at the same time, um, which is why it is confusing for me. I mean, and I'll, I'll say this, and then I want I want to pose a question because I think it might make it easier for us to like focus in on specific parts. Yeah. Okay. So like, um, the the big one of the biggest disappointments for me, and I'm curious at what you thought about this scene, Dave. Hmm. Uh, more than anything in Man of Steel, more than anything in this movie, was the scene where Superman shows up to the court hearing. Uh, mm-hmm. You can tell that the crowd is already on edge, and the 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 newscasters are as well, where they're like, Superman series, flying down. People aren't cheering. Slowly, like it, it, hovering. It's, <laughs> it's kind <laughs> like of a, a scary... Fucking monster. <laughs> it's kind of a scary, sort of ominous thing. Like, we don't know whether we can trust this guy, you know, who is he? Like, hmm. is he definitely our, you know, our hero? Like, we don't know what how he fits in. Hmm. For the people outside, and for the people, you know, not in there necessarily, and even for the people in there, um, he goes in. Ten minutes later, it explodes. He comes out. He's the only one that's not dead. Hmm. And then mm-hmm. the dude flies away. Yeah. And yeah. that was the part for me where I was like, okay, a, I'm not a huge Superman fanatic. But I do feel like Superman would have somehow figured out a way to stop that. That's a lot of, of human life that we see on a micro level, so it has a little bit more of an impact. Hmm. Um, and then beyond that, like, what kind of Superman would walk out? Basically, everybody is like, can we trust this guy? He walks into a building. Everyone's dead except for him 20 minutes later. And then hmm. the dude flies away. Hmm. And there's almost no repercussion for that it, that I remember. There might be, and I may have tuned it out, but it kind of seems like that's never dealt with. Yeah. And then after he, you know, spoilers quote-unquote dies because he doesn't at the end of the movie (laughs) then it's uh well we got another monument for him (laughs) you know from a public perception and that was kind of the thing more than anything it didn't make me angry or like frustrated it it just made me kind of sad where i was like that's i don't i i I feel like any version of superman wouldn't wouldn't come out of there and then fly away Mm. you know like and and not and not deal with it in in some way so i for you dave i mean because that's that's kind of what i wanted to like if we if we were to fo- like if we were to focus in one area like I think we all know the things that we don't like or that people don't like because for the most part yeah, I think it's been talked to death a lot of people them. yeah it's all the same things so I guess what I'm in, and and also uh, on the other side I don't know exactly Tyler what you liked about the movie um, if anything I mean there were some things in the movie I did like I like there Wonder were some Wonder. parts that I liked but well, yeah I, mean, I liked I Wonder Woman I I liked most of Batman you know there are different things that I I liked um, for you Dave where mm. do you fall in it <laughs> where you um cuz i think that you also have the self awareness to be like okay there's things that i like and then there's things that i think are good <laughs> you oh, know yeah, like yeah yeah you know there's definitely some things that you probably like that you also are like yeah i know this isn't necessarily put together the best way or whatever hmm. um what are the things that for you you definitely like and you think are done well that people seem to disagree with that you would like want to not argue but like kind of you know i guess argue for those hmm. points Oh bloody hell! Um, problem is, I'm much more. I'm very much like DC in that I'm reactive rather than proactive. Um, I don't know. I I mean, I I suppose just to kind of cover the points that you made about the the courtroom and all that kind of stuff. Um, and something that I did know that at some point I was going to kind of bring up and and make mention of 
is the fact that like when I'm watching movies, my brain is constantly clicking and whirring and trying to figure out what's going on and much to my detriment most of the time because I end up figuring out twists like 10 minutes into a movie um, and that's not I'm not claiming to be like super smart or anything like that it's just that I, I tend to overthink stuff as I'm watching a film and that can have a negative effect but in some cases it can have a positive effect and this is one of the occasions where it had a positive effect because I'm kind of like okay courtroom um, oh shit it blew up okay well there were cameras in there so they're obviously going to have ev- evidence of the fact that the uh, explosion didn't come from Superman but actually came from the wheelchair um, as oh, for him not exploded hmm? that was one of the things that I had a problem with because well, there... I didn't really understand why it seemed to me like Lex Luthor's plan was to get rid of to... the the woman that was blocking his import license. That's why he blew well, that thing up. That, that was his primary goal. To to lure Superman there and to blow up the Senate around him, which yeah. would also hurt. Oh, Superman's that was an added bonus. That's an added bonus. But, but his, his, pr- his primary reason for doing all of that was genuinely so that he could get rid, in, in my mind, of Holly Hunter's character because she was the one that basically said, up yours, you're not having your import license for the kryptonite. And with her out of the way, he was able to go ahead and do what he wanted to do. Yeah. He was and he was hoping, anyways, he? he was hoping to blame it on Stumpy, what's his face? Um, Scoot something, isn't it? Scoot McNally. <laughs> Scoot McNally. <laughs> yeah. He was hoping to blame it on him um, oh, because of the fact of all of those letters that, you know, all those letters that were sent to Bruce Wayne, like the checks that were never cashed and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that last one, which was later, basically, um, it wasn't like expressly said, but it was intimated that Lex was the one that sent the final letter, saying, um, you know, you you didn't save your family or something like that. Um, he was basically trying to frame. Um, the 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 guy in the wheelchair for blowing up the assembly because he blamed Superman and he thought somehow he could get back at I, Superman by blowing him up. I totally agree with make... you. I guess I yeah, sh- I guess I, I asked really for sure you why that worked though. Well, that's but... that's my question. Like for you, Dave, yeah. when you watched the movie, yeah. were you like, "Hey, it worked"? Um, I think it. it... <laughs> and I'm not, I know I sound like a, I sound like a dick. I'm no, here's here's to... the thing, and I'm going to sound like a massive apologist, but I at the time it did work for me because I immediately fought all of that stuff that I've just said. I just seem to be, I don't know. I'm constantly thinking about this shit. I don't know why I do it. I just do it. I've been thinking about it too, but like, but to me, and it's not even like I'm trying to find holes with it. I'm legitimately trying to figure out what exactly happened because. To me, it seemed like the, what Lex's plan, like obviously, it was to, it was to make Bruce angry. Which does Lex know that Bruce is Batman? Yeah, he knows everyone's secret identities How in this movie, which and is why? weird, and that's one of the things out. I didn't like. Because if you know all of the superheroes' identities, why don't you just tell people? Well, how does, yeah. how Why would you not Bruce just Wayne's hang it over them? Yeah, how does he know that? Like, I guess he's just very smart and has figured it out over the years. <laughs> like, Batman's been around for a long time. I'm guessing that there must have been occasions where he's let certain things slip. It's like, 
it's like you channeled David Goyer in the writing room where Chris Terry or somebody's like, how does he know I he's Batman? Know. I know. I know. Like, hey, he's just no. smart. The, the thing is, it's like, and, and this goes <laughs> to this IGN article that I read where it was like, you know, five things that we really like about it. There was one, and again, paraphrasing because my memory's awful, but it was basically this whole kind of like, it doesn't explain everything to you. It leaves gaps for you to fill in yourself. Um, she, no, <laughs> I know, but let like stick with me with this. Like, um... The the article said what they liked about the movie was the fact that it already felt like you were five or six movies into it and that shit had already happened. And I, I understand. No, and okay, I like I, that. I do I'll, like I'll play, that. I'll play devil's advocate there. I understand that. Like I understand, uh, especially from Batman's perspective. Mm. I think the reason they can pull it off with Batman is because we've seen a billion Batman movies already. So yeah, if yeah, you yeah. tell me that Batman's been Batman for twenty years, I don't need to see year one. I don't need to see. No, it would have been cool to well, see. Well, not Robin, yet. But I, I mean, they could go back Robin. and do that. Yeah, I like I, that they imply that, that Robin exists too. Yeah, like yeah. that that stuff. I like that. I no, I agree. I actually did like that stuff. I will say real quick, uh, the majority of the Batman stuff I really liked. I there can't was think a of couple, any of there the was a handful of things that that I didn't, but for the most part, I really enjoyed. I enjoyed Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne and Batman. Mm. I really enjoyed. I just enjoyed all of his scenes more than anything else. Mm. There was just a couple of details. I'll say them later. But I agree that the my my issue comes when because you're right. They when it comes to the Batman stuff, it's like well we're introducing Batman, but everybody knows Batman, and here's a couple of clues to what this Batman's past is like. Mm. But we're not going to go into it. But you can you could you you walk away with enough information that you can kind of piece it together. My yeah. problem is the plot of the movie is the thing that I'm still trying to figure out what happened. Yeah, and and that is you know I mean that that's something that I will very happily just sit down with anyone and say look that that plot is not developed enough. I don't <laughs> know if there's a half hour on the cutting room floor, which we're going to get on the D- the rated R uh, DVD and Blu-ray later, which might make sense of a lot of it, um, such as the fact that I think maybe Lex might have found out while he was plumbing the uh, the Kryptonian um, databases for all this information, he may have found out about Darkseid <laughs> and all of this stuff. Right. Like, Wait, I'm guessing way, that like, happened. Like... That shit, That's a really good point. Because that, otherwise, and, how the fuck does he know that all this bad shit's going to come? That shit wait. cracks me up, dude. Like he goes, <laughs> yeah. he, I said this on Hideous Energy, but like he goes into that ship and he's like, you know, obviously I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, all right, make make Doomsday, and the ship's like, uh, that's completely forbidden because yeah. of the Kryptonian Council law. And he's like, well, where are they at? And the ship's basically like, yeah, all right, you got that's me. I'll yeah, and like, I'm just like, that is like no <laughs> AI that I've ever so known. Quick. Yeah, it's like that they, ship they, gives they... In constantly. The, the ship is always like the sh- He walks in and he's like. The ship's like, hey, you want to be captain? <laughs> He's like, yeah, because, okay. Well, I mean, he did have Zod's fingertips, to be fair. Yeah, he did. But, um, he had his little fingerprints. At the same time, why no, wouldn't it recognize no, it, him as Zod? It knew Zod. who he was. It knew it wasn't Zod. It, it, he knew who he was. Well, once he had access, I'm guessing, again, guessing, guessing, guessing. This is the problem with the movie, is that <laughs> I'm guessing too much. My suppositions are what make this movie enjoyable for me. But I don't we care, had... because I don't, I don't mind making suppositions about movies. We had a... We had a guy on uh, Hideous Energy. I don't know when this episode's going live, but the newest episode of Hideous Energy that's coming out, um, a listener that we're friends with, he called in and left a voicemail about the movie. And it was oh, so funny right. because he, 
he described it exactly kind of how I think some people dealt with it, where he was like, I watched the movie. I went and saw it by myself. I didn't <laughs> want to be with anybody else. You know, I wanted to kind of see it with my, you know, my own fresh mind and opinion, and everything else. Yeah. Like, and I just let it wash over me, had a great time. And he's like, and then I left the theater and then the like analytical, you know, part of my brain started going, <laughs> he's going through this voicemail and it cracked me up because he's like, then I started thinking about some of the plot mechanics and then, you know, little by little, I realized that the film was offensive to me in every single possible way and I hate it more than anything. <laughs> you have this like crazy 180 and oh, then man. back at the end of the voicemail, he circles back. He's like, but you know, if I don't think about it, like I can have a fun time with it. And mm. I think that there is, I wish that I had that. Like, I, I genuinely do. I wish mm. that I, I, you know, could switch a lot of that stuff off. Or maybe it's not that I can't switch it off. It's just that it, the good stuff didn't connect with me as as much as it did for other people. Mm. Uh, because I'm I'm glad that, that you liked the movie. And I mean that sincerely. I'm glad that yeah. my wife liked the movie. Like, she, she liked it a lot, too, when we were going out. And I was happy mm. that that, you know, happened. I think... The, the the script stuff drove me crazy, but I mean, there's good in it. It's not. It's definitely not as bad as people say. Some people are saying that it is, um, but I, I definitely think that it's a it's a pretty flawed movie. One of the things that drives me the most crazy about the plot is there's lots of different things where, if a couple characters would sit down and talk to each other, it would wouldn't be a problem. Oh man! Like, like the whole the, basis of the fucking fight drove yeah, me the, insane. Well, the fight, and even before that, the thing in Africa. Like, yeah. I, I was confused halfway through the movie to where I was like, wait, 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 wait. Superman's in trouble about Africa? He wasn't even there. Yeah. Like, he showed up at the end of it. So, like, yeah. why don't we have... But he's Lois in trouble Lane for a... killing those people. Exactly. Who like, were killed by bullets. Lois Lane as a key witness <laughs> being like, hey, first right. of all, yeah. kids, they have bullets in their faces. Yeah. Like, Superman can't shoot bullets out of his eyes as far as I know. Second of all, Superman wasn't even there until the end. Like everybody was already dead by the time he got there. Like I, yeah. the fact that that wasn't explained. And that well, that's the, the thing. Main, Again. That was the main thing. It wasn't a, it, like it, like the Metropolis thing was that plants the idea that maybe he's not great. But that to me, you didn't need the Africa stuff. You already yeah. had a thing that you could talk about. Like, mm-hmm. and and the fact that you revisit at the beginning of the movie too, and you refresh it in everyone's minds, and you and so that that scene ends at the beginning, and I go, well, now I know. Not like I saw it from his perspective. Now I've seen it from everyone else's perspective, and now I'm ready for this movie to talk about it, but it it, it doesn't want to talk about it. Now, oh, here's the, something I want to say. So, Dark Seed, Dark Side. Dark side? Dark side, dark side, yeah. But it's spelled like weird, right? Yeah. yeah I always is. want to pronounce it phonetically. So, you. So, when do you think he found out about Dark Side? I know there's a deleted scene where he finds out about it, but when does that happen? I think it's when he's in that chamber and he activates the computer for the first time, and he says something along the lines of like, basically, tell me everything. Okay. So then, why did he kill Superman? What? Well, that's um, <laughs> I don't fucking know. I mean, he didn't. Right. He didn't we, kill. We that's... knew this was coming. Why did he intentionally kill Superman? Well, look. I, I mean, think, his one I think you're thing. giving too way to too much. Batman. Yeah, there's two. That's like seven more layers of credit to that character that he doesn't have. Like, I, yeah, it's yeah. He, he is he's by far the most probably the most underwritten character in the movie, other than Superman. Like, and there's and yeah, no I motivation. Like you don't know anything about him. Like, yeah. It, there's there's nothing there. I I think, to me, the biggest part, the biggest logical flaw with the stuff at the end with Superman dying, is the fact that Wonder Woman is as capable, if not more capable, of a fighter than Superman, and she's not 
uh, ha- does not have a weakness to kryptonite. <laughs> so, but yeah. she's holding Why didn't Doomsday. She do it? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't think about that at the time at all. I was just like, oh, sacrifice scene, that's to awesome. To be fair, yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't but it wasn't until later. Thinking I was like, about it. It was me. I was literally sitting in my chair and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, give her the spear, no, give her the spear. Why aren't you but giving her the spear? Thinking about it like right now, like over analytical mind and all, and, yeah. you know, channeling David Goyer to the best of my ability. <laughs> um here's here's my here's my hot take on it. Uh so Superman sees a window of opportunity where Wonder Woman has her golden lasso around and fucking fucking golden lasso lads. Come on. Oh no. That was that, fucking that's why awesome. I wasn't thinking about it logically. But she's holding like, him. Oh man, she's got her lasso of truth out. Like yeah. I was flipping out at at that and it looked awesome. So I thought it I thought did it look really awesome. Cool. But she's got him held firm. There's a small window of, poss- uh, of opportunity where he can do this, and he just decides, being the uh, the guy that he is, with um, everything on the line, and him finally realizing that uh, the, this is his world, and apparently Lois is his world. And people read into that far too much. I don't literally think that she is the only thing he cares about. I think it's he just says that it in the movie. It was he says it no, in the movie. no, 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 multiple he, times. He and says he says in the in the flash forward. Yeah, but in that in that thing at the end where it like the self sacrifice scene, he says, you know, this is my world, and then he looks at her and he kisses her or whatever, and he says, "You are my world." He doesn't mean you are the only fucking thing I care about on this world. What yeah, he I'm means you, is. This no, is a good sounding that. line. No, no, listen, j- please think, let well, me just say this. It sounds good in a script if you can say something where you end it the same way twice. So it's like, this is my world. You are my world. It's I not know, like, so this is my world. That. I fucking love you. It doesn't you sound are, quite as good. You guys are both right. Diplomatic. The problem is when Batman has that vision of the future, and it is the future. Yeah. And not now. That's right. That's right. I disagree. He, it's he a possible future brought on by the Flash. You took the only thing that matters to me. She was the only thing that matters to me. So he he literally said in the movie that Lois Lane's the only thing he actually cares about. Yeah, yeah but, but Superman's think, driven crazy at that point. Of course, he says shit like yeah, that. Yeah, that, that's Flash deals in, in multiple parallel universes and timelines. So I think that was that the that, Flash. Yeah, yeah. That didn't look like um. He had some an, hideous um metal suit on I don't know I don't, but you can see his face he was like dark skinned that wasn't I don't think that was the same guy that was oh him. maybe it was Wally West no it was, it was him it was him he I mean I think they could have had a better costume to make it clear that it was the Flash but I mean I yeah, got the Flash no I'm saying that the actor we see Ezra Miller later in the movie and I'm mm. saying that that's not the same guy oh I'm it's that's credited I'm as saying. him I don't know I don't know I, I think that I think that there is a turning point in the film where that future is not the future anymore yeah um and i think that flash is dealing in multiple parallel universes if they bring in the speed force stuff which i'm sure that they will they already kind of show it with him kind of rushing out of it Mm. um i think that that is a parallel possible reality that would happen um assuming that lois would die um and i think i think that i think they want to remake injustice I, no, that's it. Possi- they they were alluding to Injustice Gods Among Us, but I think that that was all they were doing. They were I think literally it's, it's saying circumnavigated. Because yeah. when I, when he said that about you are my world, I I think it's a double. <laughs> I'm giving them a lot of credit here, but I think it is. I think it has multiple meanings. I think it can it can also mean a thing where I mean I can say that to my wife, and she's not going to think like, oh, I'm the only person in the world he cares about. Like it's mm. it's a symbolic thing. Yeah. But I also think that 
the way I read that line is Superman is saying this world is people. Like this world is the people. Like so you as a person, as Lois, are my world. Like I care about the people of this world, hmm. which is ultimately what Superman should be. Uh, but when did you know. he decide that? When they nuked him? No, I mean, he decided that in that? another parallel universe where there was a better script. I didn't say it's airtight. I, guess, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think, think he that's wait, probably on, what no, they were I, going for, but they, it's underwritten. I, so. I, I think he's had a, a crisis of confidence and conscience and whatever the fuck else. When you're right, he's... Tyler. There's, there's nothing. There's, not, there's no yeah. arc for him. You know, the, the arc that they, they tried to set up is earlier with Lois where he's... He's crying, you know, into his My Chemical Romance T-shirt on the balcony, <laughs> being like, and that's I love that band. So I mean, no, no offense yeah. to anybody who dislikes the band, but just super like, oh, this world isn't my world, blah blah blah. Yeah. I, I should have heard the bomb, and then at the end, it's like this world's my world. You know that they're trying to have that arc. You know, I mean, like, that really and, is the arc that he should have had and finished in the first movie, but they've yeah. obviously decided that they needed to reinforce that for some reason. Yeah. Um, totally. And the thing is, like, I love the fact that they crammed so much into this movie, and I also kind of wish that they hadn't crammed so much into this movie. Yeah. Uh, so. Because when you're trying to put as much stuff in as you are, <laughs> you need to cut some well, corners script-wise, wise, you just, know? Yeah, it's just, to me, I don't think... To me, I don't think it's an absurd thing to ask for them to... to make a good script it's like the guy the the half of the people who wrote this script is an academy award nominee like mm, yeah. there's no reason why this script shouldn't be better and well there, why there is movie, a reason for here's it. the thing like i can't imagine a world where i'm i'm editing this movie and i go hmm, the scene where lex luther sticks that red jolly rancher into the senator's <laughs> mouth for no reason needs to stay in this cut of the movie Meanwhile, the one that shows exactly why he's doing everything he's doing and why he's gone slightly crazy. We're going to leave that one out. That out. Yeah, we'll cut that out. Think about this too, guys. Like, this this is one of the things that I find fascinating. Like, screenwriters are now living in a world and working in a world and working in a genre that has absolutely, like, changed, you know, all of filmmaking. Not, not filmmaking. Not all of filmmaking, but has changed, like, Modern films as we know them in a lot of ways, like the superhero film is 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 exploded. Like mm. and I know you guys were were geeky when you were younger too. Like this is so weird. Like yesterday, my wife's at a birthday party right now, and, and yesterday um we were went out to get it's one of her god kids. We went out to get him a present and they wanted Spider-Man stuff and because he's like turning three. And Amanda, my wife, she was like, Where can we get Spider-Man stuff? <laughs> I started laughing and I was like, We can probably get Spider-Man <laughs> stuff at the gas station down the road now. Like when I was a kid yeah. Like that was impossible to find stuff like that, but it's everywhere now. It's so it's so you know it's so saturated in the culture. Hmm. So for these screenwriters, like the what's what's one of the top things that people had a problem with in Age of Ultron that that people said shouldn't have been in the movie? It was confusing. You guys remember? Uh, I can't even remember. Well, um, I mean, a lot of people had problems. Sure yeah, a lot of people had problems with the movie, but one of the biggest complaints I saw was the scene with Thor. With the um, when he goes to oh, that, right, right, right. Oh, yeah, that was little well, yeah. and he gets some visions of stuff, and it doesn't really make any sense. Well, he needed to get his shirt off. He needed to get his shirt off, yes, which I'm, you know, audiences appreciated. <laughs> but on top of that, like it, it was supposed to be setting up more stuff, yeah. and people were like, and when they've done that other times in the Marvel universe, when it's not been organic, it's been criticized. Iron Man Two is another example where people were saying this is more of a bridge to phase two, phase three, whatever, hmm. than it is a, a film yeah. with characters and plot and everything else. So 
I do have some sympathy for these dudes writing these movies because like, how do you even approach that? Like, that's not something that necessarily existed in the past hmm. where you need to put, you know, elements in your script that expand the mythology and expand the universe for future films, but are done in such a way that's organic so that it doesn't feel, cause I mean, fans are going to pick that up critics and, and, and audience members, general public, whoever are going to pick that stuff up. And I know there's some, some like moms and dads out there who went and watched Batman v Superman and were like, who's this dude coming out of the portal? Why does Batman have a jacket on? Who's this guy underwater? <laughs> like that stuff made no sense to them Yeah, because it is so yeah. kind of crammed in there to make it part of an overall universe. And right. it, it does make me, I don't know. I, I, I have some sympathy for the guys. I think that it's also impressive that they are able, when they're able to pull it off well, they're able to pull it off uh, pretty well. And it, I'm so interested to see Civil War because it's it seems like it's going to be one of the bigger movies that's going to have an impact on the overall universe and setting different things up and everything else. And it also has the most writing on it in terms of the screenwriters and the directors who had such a hit with Winter Soldier, which you know a lot of people mm. say, or some people argue, is the best Marvel movie. And I've read interviews with them where they say, like, look, we have spent more time on the script than probably anything else where we are just pouring over this thing looking for holes and looking for... Yeah. Is this character getting enough? Does this make sense? Are we putting too much over here? Like, it's got to be crazy to try yeah. to balance all that out. And it's actually really funny. I, I recently heard a thing. Have you ever seen the uh, the honest trailers that Screen Junkies do? Yeah, yeah. They so when they were making when the Russos were making the Winter Soldier. Um. Well, well, <laughs> the if you ever watched the the um the honest trailer for winter soldier they basically say honestly this movie's yeah they're like this movie's pretty good here's some nitpicky stuff but honestly it's a great movie so we don't really have a lot to say here yeah and the russo brothers said that they're huge fans of those honest trailers so when they were making the movie like anthony would say to joe he'd be like man what we got to figure this out because I don't want to see this on fucking honest trailers. <laughs> like they were literally like, <laughs> like reworking the script so that they didn't have problems so that when these internet people make videos about their movie, they can't find holes in it. Yeah. The problem like, is though, Zack Snyder doesn't give a fuck about people on the internet. Uh, oh, right. So, yeah. he, you know, he's the kind of guy that says, let's have Jimmy Olsen get shot in the head in the first 10 minutes be because fun. it will be fun. Yeah. <laughs> because and like, okay, and I was so... just like, come on. Like I was it's really me. hoping that that tracker was like the Superman thing in the watch, and that he was just going to come crashing down and like just take care of business like all over, and it didn't yeah, happen, and I was sad. To me, it's just like there are the problem with this movie is you have to make those you just have to make a lot of logic jumps for a lot of things, and to me, I don't know if they just don't hit on stuff enough. Maybe it's there. I will tell you one thing that. This is one of the Batman things that I didn't like. So the scene with the Batmobile, that scene starts, they're at a warehouse and they have <laughs> the the kryptonite and Batman's hanging out outside the warehouse. <laughs> on top of a crane in full view. <laughs> on yeah. top of a crane with a, with a giant gun and he shoots a tracker onto the thing and then, and then he them. follows it <laughs> and then uh... he gets in this big action sequence and at one point, he decides to drive through the building and then into the side of the truck, destroying half of it. And then when the truck gets to the location it's going to 
and it's resting there. We see that the, the Batman tracker is still there, but it's on a piece of metal that is literally hanging off the thing because Batman drove his car through it. <laughs> Why did he do that? Because he, he needed to be able to track it later. Because that's on. because the script said that he had to try and find it later using the tracker. So that's why he did it. It's not perfect, but it those fucking tra- works. Those trackers, yeah, like, those trackers he... too, are so visible and loud. Like yeah. when, when he yeah. shot it, yeah, I yeah they was always like, beep. Why do they beep? Yeah, like you're not finding like, yeah. it by listening for it, man. I'm glad that you're the uh, detective of the night over here. When you shoot yeah. a tracker that's got a flashing I mean, green I... light and beeper <laughs> on it, I, like... I, know, I know that you're called Batman, but I don't <laughs> think you're detecting this thing by sonar. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell I'll tell you guys <laughs> I'll tell you guys it's this. It's one of those things where like it's like that that like that just drove me crazy when I was watching the movie. I was like, nah, so you put cool the tracker sequence, on the car and then you drove your car through where the tracker was. You almost <laughs> took it off. So then why did you do anything? <laughs> I it was a cool sequence. That's why they did it. Sorry, Dave, you David, you were gonna say something. Yeah, I was gonna say I'll tell you guys this. I I really like um that Superman immediately heard that Bruce Wayne was Batman because he could hear the the ear. That was cool. Here. That was yeah. Cool. yeah. That, I I like that a lot. That was a good bit of screenwriting mm-hmm. because it lets you completely skip past the whole like, well, I don't know who this person really is, and are you who I think you are, and and, and all that crap that we suspend our disbelief for in a lot of these superhero films. Yeah, it, it was just like yeah, Superman can hear just, it. He literally just X-ray visits his mask and goes, "Oh, you're Bruce Wayne." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, yeah, but then in other makes... versions, he's got lead lining in his mask because he's I the would've... fucking Batman. I would have preferred that maybe Batman <laughs> would have figured out that he was that Superman was Clark Kent a little faster, <laughs> other than the whole Martha thing. Um, but yeah. You know. yeah. oh yeah, can I get back to that one? Like, I know that I, I mean, I, I'm the one that's defending the movie, and when I, <laughs> when I'm defending the movie, I'm just saying I enjoyed it. I'm not saying I thought it was perfect or anything. Yeah. So you know, just, just again, just to show that, yeah, actually, you know, I can look at things with a critical eye. Um, so they get in this fight, and. Superman's reason for being in the fight is they've got my mum. And instead of saying straight up to Batman before anything happens, they've got my mum, they're making me do this before they kill her. Because, you know, you've got nothing better to do than walk into a hail of bullets and just not talk. Why wouldn't you just fucking say... I, I know that that would kind of... The the the, the idea of the film is it's Batman v Superman. You have to have a fight, so it would completely invalidate the point of the movie. But why would you not just say straight up like they've got my mum? I need them. You know, I I I need to basically either work with you or take you out. Um, and it just felt like such a fucking stupid kind of like like we said earlier. If we sat down for five minutes and just talked, right? We could sort this out. There's a um uh, an issue. It's an early issue of Invincible, the Robert Kirkman comic, where this guy shows up, this alien shows up, and uh, Invincible, the main character, he's a superhero. He his dad is also a superhero, and his dad tells him, hmm. you know, hey, I completely forgot about this. This alien shows up like once every five years, and I have to basically beat his ass in space, and then <laughs> he leaves, and then he comes back in five years. So he goes up there. He's like, you got to go fight him. Like I I can't do it right now. I'm dealing with this other stuff. So Invincible flies up there starts to fight him for a second and then is like, hold on, hold on. And is basically like, why are you trying to fight? Like, why are you even trying to come here to earth? And the alien is like, wait, this is earth. I thought this was like your or like another. Planet <laughs> ah, that's brilliant. And they become friends. And then, uh, Mark flies back home, back to the, to earth and talks to his dad. And he's like, did you ever talk to this dude? Like he's came, he's been coming to the wrong planet this entire time. Like, 
he's actually a really cool guy. Like, and his dad's like, I never thought to talk to him. I just always fought him. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So I, that's what it that's made me good. think of. Like, you know, there's that, it, it, it's one of those things where it's like, when you hear about a team up movie or a team up anything, I mean, yeah. you know what they're going to do first. They're going to fight. And they did it in the Avengers. Yeah, same thing happened there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like they they fight first and then they. But it felt know. organic, and that's the thing. So you're forcing. For, well, first of all, you spend so much time setting up that Clark Kent doesn't like Batman, and Batman clearly does, uh, and completely understandably doesn't like Superman, and you get to this point where, um, you like to me, you can organically make it so that Superman keeps trying to tell him they have my mom. I don't want to fight, but Batman has all those traps. So the traps keep going off and he keeps fighting him and pushing him back. And then he shoots him with the stuff. And then the fight's on because Superman can't like defend himself because he's weakened. So now he actually has to fight this guy who is actively attacking him. Um, And then when he regains his power, he should try to stop him and then try once again to reason with him. But instead Superman almost immediately starts fighting back and completely drops the I want to have a conversation with you. Let me talk to you because he gets hit. He gets irritated and then just starts trying to fight him. I don't mind that. But but to me, but that's like like that's that's what I mean when I like I don't think I don't like this version of Superman because to me it's like. Yeah, but I find that more interesting. why, Why is Superman so adamant? Like, why isn't he trying to talk to this guy? I yeah. understand you can naturally make it so that he has to talk to him, or he is trying to talk to him but can't hmm. because Batman is coming at him. But pretty early on, for no reason, Superman goes, fuck this, and then just goes after no, him. No, but he does, have, he does have reason. And, you know, I actually, I, I find this Superman to be one of the more interesting Supermen that I've certainly seen on a screen. Um, and the reason that I actually have no problem with it is the just the simple fact that you know he he tries to get it out a few times despite my earlier criticism he tries to get it out a few times and then batman's just not letting up and then superman's just like do you know what fuck it i'm just gonna fucking beat this guy's ass because i've only got an hour and if i don't do something soon one way or the other my mom's gonna die and i really don't want that to happen so but but to me and also, Why? you know, like, Batman's this, is, this like brutal. I feel like because well, he's seen strips... everything about Batman that being this brutal guy that basically gives people death sentences by branding them. And I'll come back to that in a second as well. Um, and <laughs> and he just sees him as this vigilante who doesn't like value law and order or uh, apparently life at this point. Even though Superman's only just taken the one life, but you know, still he's kind of like he's on the edge of it. And so he's just like, Do you know what? No one to miss this guy. And I'm going to miss my mum more. So he's irritating me. He's not letting me say what I want to say. He's not giving me a chance. I'm sick of giving this guy a chance. I'm just going to take him. And and so that's that's what. But that strips Superman of his agency. To me, there's something that I think makes a compelling character in Superman and Batman that they have their own moral codes. And I like Mm. the idea of Superman trying to reason with somebody who is actively fighting with him and he is trying to do the right thing and it's hard but he keeps doing it yeah and and when to me the the fight sequence there is that the Batman versus Superman fight is okay 
the best action sequence to me is the Batman in the warehouse sequence at the end of of the movie mm, when yep. he goes to save Martha. Yeah. And I to me when I'm watching that, I'm like if if I'm okay with the grenade thing because somebody pulled a grenade and he like knocked it out of his hands and then the grenade explodes. But he stabs a guy like straight through into a wall. <laughs> yeah. But to me, other than that part, I like the idea of Batman taking out a, 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 a entire room of goons, but not murdering any of them. Just, just actively like knocking them out, which is honestly in the real world, more damn, like just as damaging and bad, but yeah. it's a, it's a movie. So we let it go. But like, like for instance, I when I was watching that, it reminded me of the Arkham games, and I know, despite the fact that the the version of Batman I'm playing in those games doesn't kill anybody, I'm pretty sure when I bat bomb people from the <laughs> top of a three story building, and I do that thing where I grab them and flip them and slam them into the <laughs> necks into the ground, that they're dead for mm, sure, yeah. or at least paralyzed I mean, from the waist th- th- down. This is this is a Batman who is but very much me, based. On the that, that seems fun, and I and I think it's a little bit more fun when I'm watching it and going, "Oh, he's not trying to kill anybody. He's just trying to to to, to keep people from fighting him." And even if we were watching him like do something where he was trying to, like he his alternate goal, like the the elevator scene in Winter Soldier, where they're like. The, his alternate goal is that they trap one of his hands with that magnet thing, so he's trying to undo his his hand while also fighting these guys. There's something kind of cool to me about the idea of Batman is is fighting, has to take out this group of goons, but also is actively trying not to kill any of them. Hmm. And, like, I think it adds more agency to the character. I think it makes them more interesting. And I think that when you take that away from these characters, like Snyder does, I don't think it makes them more interesting. I think it makes them less interesting. I, I I agree and disagree in in certain aspects. I I do think that fighting by a certain moral code and actually making things more difficult for yourself because you don't want to kill anyone. That yeah, I completely agree with you on that front. But also, I can see why the motivation of this Batman is. Do you know what? I don't give a fuck anymore because he says it multiple times that you know uh, criminals are like weeds. You pull one up, another one turns up, and he's just like, do you know what? It's just not working. What I was doing, just beating them up and putting them away isn't working. Especially after he loses Robin and God knows how many other people that he's lost through it. Yeah, and those honestly, years. I don't hate that. Yeah, so, I don't hate that for so Batman. He's, he's I just hate a... that for Superman. Oh yeah, no, I like no, the, no. I, I don't mind the idea of a Batman who is is old and angry and bitter and has gotten to the point where he's kind of lost his edge. Mm. And that was actually what I was kind of hoping that they were doing was that maybe he has refound that that faith in humanity when he realized that Superman is just as human as he is. I, I think and he has. And goes and saves Martha and goes through those goons without trying to kill them, which is what was the narrative I was trying to put into no, my head, but that it was part, very no. difficult because the movie was not yeah. doing no, that narrative. That part, I don't think he he refound his his moral code for want of a better I was expression. Hoping he would. Be- That's no, what be- because at that point, he hadn't seen someone sacrifice himself for the rest of mankind and become basically you know like the end of the movie where you see that tiny little superman plaque and i say tiny in comparison to the giant great big kind of atlas shrugged style superman uh which isn't a coincidence apparently apparently not um but you know you've got this tiny little s and then underneath it someone has graffiti written um you know to see his monument look around you or something like that and the basic uh, intonation of that is, you know, that um, he was fighting for all of us. But, you know, if you, if you want to see why he was fighting, look at everyone around you, because we are all 
potentially the best that we can be. Um, I, mean, I mean, that's my reading of it. And so I think that indirectly, Batman will refine that kind of code through that because he's seen Superman kind of like lose his life in order to protect the, the world. And he realizes actually, and this was something that I did want to get to. I know, I know everyone's having a, a, a laugh at this whole Martha thing, and I completely agree and understand why because it's just like. Why would you say Martha? Martha. It's like, fine, okay, he could have just said, they've got my mum, because that's a humanising moment for the character. I, I would love it if he said it like that with a British accent. It's, it's Henry Cavill. <laughs> yeah, Henry Cavill just drops the American he's accent. Got my he's, mum. Got my mum. <laughs> he's got my mum. But it's a humanising moment for Superman in Batman's eyes, because Super, uh, Batman up until this point has been fighting this alien who doesn't really care for human life that much. He's basically on a power <laughs> trip. And, yeah, I know the irony that Batman is fighting someone that doesn't value human life, um, especially this Batman. But the the, uh, the fact that he then realises at the end of their fight that he's only doing it because he doesn't want to lose his mother, which is something that... Batman can relate to because he lost his mother before he had the ability to fight to save her. Um, I I appreciate that, and I think that that was a really cool way to finally have them stop the fight. I just think that the Martha thing was the wrong way of doing it because people are just hanging on the coincidence of the names and the fact that he's like, you know, he has this response to that name and. I don't even mind his response to the name because of the way they set it up in the beginning of the movie. Which, by the way, I really loved. If you're going to redo the Batman origin, do it in a two and a half minute thing at the top of the movie where it looks as good as that does. Because it does look good. I I didn't mind that at all. I I don't like that they did it again. And I'm... But it had a reason for being done. I'm not a fan of how aggressive it was, but there was some really cool imagery in it. Mm, Like... mm. I did. I as, like the as pills being I, cut by the like, gun. Generally, just don't like. I don't like it in concept, but the image of the gun shooting the the pearl necklace the way that happens mm. is really cool looking. Like that was neat. Mm. So I gotta give him credit for that. And also, and I I know that not everyone likes this, but the idea that Thomas Wayne kind of like clenched his fist and was gonna fight back. Nope. 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 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know David doesn't like this. David, I'm with no, David. I don't like that. I, uh, I do like, I do like the image of the pearls too, but I, I agree with you. It's pretty aggressive because what you see on screen is is composited in an interesting way. Mm. But then when you think about what's off screen, he's blowing her head off. Like yeah, it's really the way that up. that gun is, 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 is pretty hardcore. Mm. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, and I'm not beholden so much to Thomas Wayne's character to where I'm like, you know, <laughs> no, they can't do that. It, yeah. It's more so have... it's just, it's just kind of strange to have it. I, I don't know. It, that family, in and of you know? itself kind of encapsulates Zack Snyder's approach, man. And but, like my memory of it is I mean like I'm fine. I actually have a really me and my friend sat down and we kind of actually took the Batman and Superman meeting and creating the Justice League story, but we 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 like turned it on its ear and created this completely new version of the mythology and but the but the thing that's different between what we did and what Zack Snyder did is even though we changed a lot of things and um, we held certain things about the characters to be true no matter what and mm. like um, the idea that these characters that that both like Bat- Batman's dark and he fights for revenge and he and he fights at night but he's 
but he is doing it to make the city better. And Superman is doing it to, to help people. And we we had this thing where like our our big thing that we really changed was that um when it comes to Superman mythology is that and I kinda like this, that we we made it so that Superman is um when he is Clark Kent, he at, 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 he is Clark Kent um midnight like 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 late night overnight employee at the at the Daily Planet because he and he's like he has glasses he's small he's kind of weak and that's because Superman gets his power from the sun so during the day that's when he's Superman and at night he's Clark Kent and he can't fight crime and Batman can fight crime at night but he can't do it during the day and that was kind of our idea was that the two of them eventually team up and 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 say, well, the two of us together can protect this city together by like that duality of day and night and stuff like that. But we held true to these certain ideas that this is who the characters are in a nutshell. And mm-hmm. then we could change all kinds of crazy things that we want to change. But at the end of the day, these characters need to have certain values. And that's, I guess, my big problem with these movies is that Superman and Batman don't have those values. And we don't know enough about Wonder Woman. She seems great. Barry Barry Allen is one of my favorite characters in this movie because he fights a robber for no reason. Just out of the goodness of his heart. And I don't think that he hates humanity <laughs> or wants people to suffer. I think that he saw somebody was taking advantage of somebody and he used his powers to stop it anonymously. Mm. And I appreciate that you know yeah i mean i'll I'll go ahead that's my thing is that bothers me is like i really want if if you are going to do this big these big awful destruction scenes give me show me how this creates the mythology of superman Hmm. how does he become the goody two-shoes superman maybe he does go through a rough patch where he's not sure if he wants to help people but it needs to get resolved and the re- the resolution in this movie I don't really buy because it happens so quickly and I don't have any reason for it to happen. So I don't know how Clark Kent feels about humanity at the end of this movie. I know he says this is my world and he kills the bad the big bad guy and sacrifices himself, but I don't know how he came to that conclusion because he said he wasn't looking for that bomb when all those people died in the Senate. So I don't know. It's just one of those things where there, there's just a lot of things that I disagree with this version. I'm fine with the idea of messing with the, with these characters and doing your own unique attempt. Nolan's Batman was very different than the traditional Batman, but it worked because he created his own universe in his own way, and he stayed true enough to the character where I was on board with all the changes that were happening. Hmm. And I guess that's – like at the end of the day, the reason why I don't like these movies is because – they seem to be making these very aggressive character assassinations on these characters and, and kind of betraying the things that makes them special in the first place. I want to see great DC movies, just like I'm seeing great Marvel movies. And I guess what worries me is I don't think they're going down the right path. And I, they clearly don't have any signs of not, of wanting to change it. And I listened to Dave 
when we had the conversation before and he was like, well, maybe they're going to fix that. But now that I've seen this movie <laughs> and I know that they're not doing it, yeah. it just makes me nervous that they're just going to keep yeah. going down this path they, where they all didn't. of the superheroes could j- just as easily be bad guys. They didn't go it on Hideous Energy. I, I'm excited for all of the DC uh, Universe movies that aren't directed by Zack Snyder. And, and that sounds like yeah. I'm taking a shot and I, I genuinely don't mean it that way. I mean... James Wan, I think, I is a love... great filmmaker, and yeah. I am super excited about Aquaman. I think mm-hmm. David Ayer has made some great movies. Yeah, me too. Excited about Suicide Absolutely. Squad. Like, there's there's a lot of people that are talented. Patty Jenkins too on, on Wonder Woman. Like, there's a lot of people that are really talented who I think, you know, as Chris, long I like as Chris Pine playing second fiddle to Wonder Woman yeah. is cool to me. Like, I'm excited for that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that there's a lot of potential hits. You know, Do you know with, the best thing. Stuff. The best thing that Suicide Squad has going for it is the fact that nobody gives a fuck about any of those characters except for Harley yeah. Quinn. And with the yeah. exception of how she looks and apparently, according to the trailer, how she and acts... <laughs> well, I mean, Joker has been through so many uh, interpretations that I don't think anyone really minds anymore because at the end of the day, there'll be another one in 10 years. Oh, you yeah. mean people care about getting it right? I thought you just meant like care about like our our well-liked as characters. No, I just, I just, no, no, sorry. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. I the the Joker is one that people care about, I guess. But I, I think just in general, kind of like the characters that are going to be on screen for a majority of the movie, because okay. I'm still not 100 percent sure how long the Joker's going to be in that film. Uh, whether he's going to be seems like he's going to be the bad guy, secondary sure. irritant. Well, I, but there's this whole supernatural aspect of it, and I'm wondering if that's going to be the main threat, and if Joker's going to be like this secondary irritant that. They we use to explore Harley's background and you know for exposition purposes I don't know, but the best thing that Suicide Squad has going for it right now is the fact that apart from Harley Quinn, no one has any emotional attachment to any of those characters. They can yeah. basically do what the fuck they want with them, and nobody is going to particularly bitch and moan that anyone is going to listen to because there isn't going to be a massive mainstream uproar because it's, someone it's actually the, galaxy, the best basically. thing yeah. Agreed. I actually think the best thing Suicide Squad has going for it right now is that they're actually adding all of the stuff that I thought was in it when I saw the last trailer. Yeah. Like I thought, oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be fun, and then yeah. they were like, oh, it's not. We should probably fix it so it's fun. And to me, honestly, this is actually like you're right. I don't know. I know kind of a little bit about one or two of these characters hmm. to me when i watched the trailer with the the bohemian rhapsody trailer <laughs> i walked away thinking that jai courtney looked like the best part and that his captain boomerang reminded me of dean ambrose who's a character <laughs> i love right now and like i love this idea of this like crazy guy he's just he's just aggressive and he's gonna fight but he's like all over the place like hmm immediately doesn't know what's going on, just gets out of that body bag and immediately takes a swing at the first person he sees. <laughs> like, uh, like it's fun. I'm excited yeah. for... If it's if they do make it fun, I'm looking forward to it. And mm. I like the trailer, and I'm hoping that they keep the tone of the trailer. Mm. And I like David Ayers a lot. Yeah, I, I think that the people who... I'm, I think that these DC movies... I'm not... I'm only worried about them because they seem to be putting them in this universe that I don't really think is a good universe to be putting them all in. But, but I'm excited the for these. Like I, I'm on board for it. I just mm. wish that I thought that they were – when you have your two cornerstones of the DC universe in any iteration, it's always Batman and Superman. 
And while I do like the Batman that they have going forward, I'm still not sold on Superman. And I was hoping that this movie would help, but it didn't. It just made it just reinforced that this is the Superman. Yeah. It it wasn't oh we're building to to creating the Superman that we all know. It's doesn't seem like that's what's happening. I mean that was and also he's dead now. So <laughs> no, he's not. There, there there was that was my hope with Man of Steel was that they were going to build towards. Uh, something as you mentioned, like that they were gonna look into him killing Zod and have him make that resolution that he's never gonna kill anyone again, and that they were gonna lighten it up slightly, and that you know they were gonna use it as a potential kind of not reinvention, but um, of their original kind of idea, but certainly to try and uh, remedy a few of the issues. And I think that they. They did attempt to remedy some of them, and I think that for the most part, for me, it landed. Um, I don't mind it being a dark um, kind of outlook on the DC universe. I, I'm perfectly happy. I with wish that. it was a dark outlook, but with with these moments of brightness. The problem is we don't have the the heroes aren't the the beam of light in an otherwise dark world. They are also dark. It's all dark. Hmm. You know what I mean? It, it, I I don't mind the universe being dark or the ideas being dark, but there's no light and there's barely any humor in this movie. There's like literally four there jokes is, in the whole movie. There, I mean, there there is humor in there. I think it's dark. I think that's why people responded so much to Wonder Woman. Because yeah, I, mean, she, I love Wonder she Woman. She is a she is a light point in in a mm. in a weird way because it's relative. Uh, but then I mean that that shot of her. Getting knocked down by Smile. Doomsday and then smiling. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Like and that, that, that's a cool riff. character moment where you don't know a whole lot about her, but you mm. you get something out of that. Yeah, uh, I think Gal Gadot's great in the role, and and yeah, like like you were mentioning, it's it's a moment of you know super heroics, which is still cool and still brutal, but at the same time, um, a little bit more fun because there's mm. not and there's it, it's a combination. I think both of her character and how she looks and what it appears she represents. But also because you don't have a lot of backstory for her, mm. her, her fighting and her actions don't seem fueled by any negative emotions, yeah. which Bat- Batman's do, which is fine. I mean, it's Batman. I mean, I'm not saying that's wrong, but it is. Uh, it is really refreshing when she shows up. Mm. Um, all the <laughs> one thing I thought was interesting, I, I saw somebody point this out the other day, and I had not thought about it, is that her and Superman don't say a single word to each other in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Which I didn't think was true when I read that, and then I was like, actually, you know what? I think that is true. No, I don't remember. That's spot on. <laughs> they don't never happen. So. They don't. No. But um, I don't know. I mean, you mentioned about the um, about Superman being one of the cornerstones, and there are obviously three cornerstones to the DC universe because Wonder Woman being the third. Um, mm-hmm. The thing is, yeah, like, but you don't really forward, know much about her. You like, don't, but I think that's that's I like done the idea with of three good intentions. Cornerstones. <laughs> three cornerstones. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a triangle. Um, <laughs> And in many ways, that relationship between the three of them always has been one. Um, it's I like it because of the fact that they introduce her, you don't know much about her, and then coming up next, Wonder Woman movie. Okay, yeah. excellent. Now I get to find out more about her. This yeah. is how you can turn this around on Marvel and say, hey, look, we did the uh, the big team movie, and now we're introducing the characters individually. It can be done. Um, just unfortunately not successfully with, um, with all say, of our characters. Marvel's going to fire back and be like, that's fine. 
Um, we've been consistently good, so we'll yeah. Take but no, that. I mean, here's the thing: it's yeah. like there's room for everybody at the table, and oh, DC is. are Absolutely. trying to do something different, and I applaud them for that. And do I give them a little bit more slack because they're trying something different? Absolutely. Am I giving them more slack because I just want Superman and Batman on a big screen? <laughs> Fuck yes, I am. Did I enjoy the movie? Yes, I did. I absolutely did. Did I give it more than a 7 out of 10? No, because yeah. it's a 7 out of 10 movie. It's it's not a great movie, but it's not a bad movie. It's a good movie for me. It does what I want. When it, when it really sings, it absolutely sings. When it does the things that I want it to do... They're fantastic. I didn't even hate Doomsday after he got hit by a nuke because he suddenly got the bones and I was like, okay, this is closer. Now he just needs to grow a ponytail and I'm all in. Um, and <laughs> oh, Superman being oh, in space all nuked up and crinkly. And that time he grew a ponytail. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> but it's like Superman being in space after the nuke and he's kind of all kind of like um, mummified cool. and shit. That yeah, was fucking yeah. Dark Knight returns straight up except the only difference was he wasn't sucking sunlight out of daffodils and shit he was just taking it out of the sun i thought that was an amazing scene what uh, what what would you give the movie tyler i'm curious out of 10 see there are there are a couple of bright spots in this movie and 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 i don't mean literally bright i mean they're all it's all dark but i mean there's a couple of good moments to me where i where i enjoyed them (laughs) and um the problem is it's there's not a lot i mean some people were saying that they like the 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 batman and his in his uh desert uh duster (laughs) future scene but but one of the things that bothered me about that was that fight scene was poorly was you could see that it's he wasn't slow. hitting them. Yeah. It's really slow, and he was not hitting them. He was missing by like an inch on every person that he hit. So it was like a bad take that they used. It was um, a weird scene. Yeah, it was a really weird scene. I wonder I, if that and, was and like a second scene. unit or something that filmed that. I but, don't know, because normally Snyder's action scenes are fairly tight. And yeah, I, I know, I and that, know. and he and he proves it. There is. There, there are the the action scene at the end with Batman is really fucking good. That's mm. a really good action scene, and I would love to watch that again. Um, but the problem is like there the stuff that I did like in it wasn't enough for me to really say that it was good. I and even then, I think. I liked Man of Steel better as a movie up to a certain point. I think Man of Steel kind of lost everything for me at the end because the whole third act was just a bad decision after bad decision to, for me. And honestly, I think it's almost like direction from Zack Snyder that Henry Cavill, because it, it feels to me like Henry Cavill, he, it seemed to me when he put the Superman suit on that he stopped acting like the normal person that he was acting like the whole movie. And so I almost feel like maybe he's being told to do that or else he thinks that's a good idea. I don't know, but mm. I don't I really was looking forward when I was watching the beginning of Man of Steel. I was like, well, I'm looking to look forward to watching him be Superman. And then when he became Superman, I stopped liking him. And anyways, my thoughts on this movie. Um <laughs> I I guess if I were to use my my patented knuckles hat system, I'd give it like one and a half, not, like it's it's one of those things where out of out of ten or out of five out of five out of okay. five, and it's it's not like 
I, I went into this conversation thinking like, oh, I'm going to say some nice things. And the, those nice things are, I liked a lot of the Batman scenes. I liked um, when, when Mark Strong, right? Is Alfred, or am I saying his name wrong? That's not Mark, Mark Strong. Yeah, I think Mark Strong's in the first one, right? Or no, that's... No, he, he was in, was he was in Green up. Lantern. <laughs> he wasn't yeah, Green Yeah, I knew, I knew I was getting Jer- wrong. Jeremy Irons. Jeremy, Jeremy Irons. Iron. Mark Strong. Jeremy Iron. I think we could all see how I made that. That I got that. Yeah, they're up. both British. You're an awful, awful <laughs> yeah. racist. Iron Strong. <laughs> yeah. How um, dare you? <laughs> so, so, to me, he was a good Alfred. I really liked Ben Affleck a lot. I enjoyed, even though the Batman character killed people it wasn't as bad for me because i still felt like there were some good moments i really enjoyed the fight scene at the end i like i one of my favorite things about batman the cornerstone that they got right of the character is that there's there's kind of like that that thing that is talked about all the time with batman where like he has he has something that he could use to kill everybody in the justice league just in case he needs it yeah (laughs) and like so the idea that he's like where he's like, why do you need this kryptonite? And he's like, because if, if there's even a chance he's a bad guy, I need to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> so it I made, need to have it. It would have made a lot more sense for the files to have come from Bruce than from Lex Luthor, for the other Justice League members. Yeah, that's another thing, too. And to me, it's like, okay, so... I don't if, mind them. Him well, designing the their logos is fine. It's just it's a no, comic book nod. Yeah, that, it's I for mean, people to look at the back. Yeah, it's dumb, but it's a fucking comic book movie. <laughs> fair, we're overthinking the, this hey shit now, a lot. Hey you know? now, let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. he, yeah, seriously. No, no, I mean Dave. I mean Dave. <laughs> the, yeah. I, the thing, the problem. I don't care that he designs the logos. What I am gonna care about is when they have those logos on their costumes. Yeah. Like that's going to be the weird point to where they're like, you know what? Yeah, our uh, our villain made these. I'll put it on my chest. But like, like but yeah, like, but I'm not understand. even like, I, I, I'm not. I don't. I'm not mad about the performances. Like, I I I don't think that the Lex Luthor character is good, and I'm not sure what he was doing the whole movie. But I thought Jesse Eisenberg was fine as this weird kind of version that he was playing. Um, that's Snyder having fun again, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> But the um, I don't understand exactly what his motivation is, and if what his motivation on keeping track was he keeping track on these people because he wanted to destroy them like he destroyed Superman and Batman. If he knows that Dark Side is coming, why did he try to kill Superman and Batman when obviously those are people that would probably help fight this thing that is coming for him? Like it, it seems to me like this it, it were. Should Batman be? Maybe we shouldn't have Lex Luthor telling Batman that Darkseid's coming at the end. Maybe Batman can have those, like, be thinking about those images and looking into the images he saw in his dream, and that's why he wants to put the team together. And Lex Luthor doesn't have to be involved whatsoever. Like, it's just to me, I feel like this is like almost like a first draft of a script where like you could have fixed a lot of the issues with it, and they just kind of didn't. Mm. And it does feel like they're playing catch up. I, I said this when we made one of our when we talked about Age of Ultron, I said this would be like what DC is doing. They're they're trying to catch up with Marvel, and it would be like if Marvel made Iron Man one and then made Captain America Civil War. And they put all the same characters in it. And you'd be like, well, I don't know who Ant-Man is. And they're like, well, it doesn't matter. He's in this movie. 
I, <laughs> I, I disagree. I disagree. All this shit into it. I disagree like, on this point. I don't know point. who any no. of these people are. No, no, no. Because this movie, uh, for all of the criticism that it's had about, oh, it's got eight different superheroes in it. How many of them are actually in the movie for more than like thirty seconds no, in a YouTube clip? No, I'm saying more. You more got so. Batman, that was, I'm Superman, Wonder Woman. Like Civil War's no, not a no, lot of but you're you're you're, be... you're making a point, and you're using Ant Man as an illustration, uh, as an illustrative point as to why Civil War wouldn't work as a kickoff movie, which would be fine if you were making the argument that Cyborg wouldn't be a good movie uh, uh, character to have in this movie then, then me, as then a let me main put character. It like this. Then let me put it like this: I, I don't know, like you don't have the Captain America Civil War works because I have two Avengers movies and uh, three Iron Man movies and two Captain America movies worth of knowledge about these characters and their beliefs and why when I go into this movie, I know that they're going to disagree and I know why they're going to disagree. And I don't, and I understand that they're going to fight and I know that they have a good reason to be doing it. And we couldn't, they couldn't really make a good reason for these two to fight in this whole movie. And I don't, we don't know this Batman. We're being introduced to all these new elements and they're rushing towards this justice league movie. And I almost wish that they would just be like, either like take your time or don't worry about doing what Marvel's doing and just do your own thing. But instead they seem to just be rushing so quickly to get out these movies and and so that they could have Justice League out by the time Infinity Wars is out and I don't think that that's I just feel like they're not putting the effort in that they need to make this solid you you enjoyed it Dave yeah. but you agree that there are a lot of issues with it that they don't need to be issues they they I am I am a 24 year old nobody but I can sit here and list a bunch of different ways they could have gone about writing this script where it would have worked and gelled better. And then I would walk away from this movie saying, hey, you know what? They really went for it, but at least they knew what they were doing and they and they got these characters right. I understood everybody's motivation, but I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck happened. Like, what was going on in every character's head? Why Why <laughs> is it that that blowing up the guy in the Senate made Batman mad at Superman? Or why is it that the people in the Senate aren't mad at Superman for blowing up the Senate? Because there, to me, there should be no proof that Superman wasn't responsible for that. And it seemed mm. to me like that was Lex Luthor's plan the whole time, was yeah, but to Luthor... lure Superman there, destroy the senator that he hates, and get the, the society to turn on Superman. But it doesn't work for him. You know, like, yeah, but I just you know didn't what? understand don't why always... a lot of the things happened. Plans, much like movies, don't always work, 100%. But they did work. It went exactly the way he planned it. I just don't understand what his plan was. No, 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 no. His his plan, as far as the bomb, his his plan, as far as the bomb going off, went absolutely perfectly. His plan, as far as the public turning on Superman and blaming the explosion on him, didn't. Did it though? Do we even know that that was his plan for sure? (laughs) Well, we know that the plan was to kill the senator or whatever she was. Yeah, that that plan worked. Yeah, and that was his primary goal because she'd blocked his import license. Like that was it was very clear that in the lead up to that, she she pointedly went to him and said, "I'm blocking your import license." She said that, 
and he said that he had this big speech about you know maybe that painting's upside down like you know the devil should be at the top blah 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 blah, blah. and um, and then next thing you know she's got a jar of piss on her desk and she's being blown up by a wheelchair. I'm glad that we <laughs> you made sure to not ignore the most. I didn't part know. Of that scene. I did not know that was a jar of piss until I heard you talk yeah. about it on the podcast. I thought that was genuinely just peach tea because <laughs> it's not the even. same sort of color. It, it is. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's why. That's why he's fooling her, man. It's uh, yeah. I I can't believe that there's a, a blockbuster summer movie, or you know, quote unquote, with a jar of piss in it. That has a jar of piss playing a central role in a plot. You would you would have thought Room would have been that movie. I was I seriously was sitting there like, is this happening? Like, is this real? Like, is this really happening? I was yeah. I think yeah. I missed the reference earlier that that made that oh, obvious that it was quick. a jar of it's p- real piss. Quick. And if I hadn't known that there was going to be a jar of piss later, then I wouldn't have been paying attention when Lex Luthor said jar of piss. As soon as he said jar of piss, oh, did I he went, say oh, that? Then jar of piss, okay. I pay attention to this. Next it's time I scene, see the movie, I'm it's in a scene where he's like, the red capes are coming. He's doing yeah, that's terrible. the one. Yeah. Thing is, I like his performance if he's playing the Joker. Yeah, it's it's a weird. I I, th- I truly and sincerely think that Jesse Eisenberg got the script and was like, "Oh man, there's nothing here for me. So he uh, I'm going to pocket could. these millions and I'm going to try to elevate the non-existent role that they wrote for me." That's fair enough. And and do something <laughs> weird, which I mean, props to him. I I don't think it works, but I I don't know necessarily that it's his fault as much as there's just not a whole lot there for him. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just it, it's it's it's. The reason why I'm upset is because I want these movies to be just as good as the Marvel movies, and I think they're not, and I think that they're rushing, and I kind of wish that they would take their time with it and and introduce us to this world, and Mm. you could be fundamentally different than DC, or I mean Marvel. You you can make your own thing at DC, and you could create your own world and how you're different from Marvel, but you don't have to do it the same way. It it doesn't. I, and I honestly like it, it kind of drives me crazy when people who defend the movie are like, well, it's it's good because it's not like all those generic Marvel movies or, or you know, or it's it's bad because like it, it doesn't do this. Like, I, I don't care, dude. Like, I don't care if it's as, if it's like the Marvel movies, if it's not like just make a good movie, you know, like, it, yeah, it could the be problem totally is it's different. not a good movie. It's not. Yeah. It's got so many problems. And I. I like the Marvel comics and I like the DC comics. I mean, not necessarily now, but like growing up, (laughs) I mean, I read both. And I kind of want, I kind of want to see like, when I walk away from this movie and I hear that Ben Affleck already wrote a Batman movie and he's going to direct it, I'm like fucking on board for that because he's on a hot streak for the movies that he's making and he was good in this Hmm. and he didn't have that creative control or at least maybe he did in his scenes, but Honestly, that scene where he's where he's yelling at Alfred about why he needs the kryptonite is a really effective scene, and the scene in the streets is really effective. And also, I'm irritated because of all the like. It seems to me like the more and more I like, I don't think Zack Snyder is a bad director, but I don't like him so much as somebody who's creating this world. And I'm I made this point, Dave, and I'm like, now that we can actually talk about it, like. (laughs) Literally, they released this movie on Easter weekend, and Jesus is, or Superman is obviously a Jesus figure, and he literally dies at the end of this movie and is going to be resurrected. And it came out on Easter. Yeah, but I, I, <laughs> here's, here's the thing, like, you and made, there you were made this two point. crosses in the scene where he dies. Yeah, the thing is, you, you made this point about, I don't think it's coincidence that it came out on, um, on Easter, uh, weekend. And I was just like, 
okay, but like, I it could come out on any holiday weekend, and it, it would be could, the same but thing. But they chose Easter because yeah, but I don't, I don't something. think that anyone gives a shit. Like the only people that give a shit are probably the Westboro Baptist Church lot that are super into. I mean, I don't know, but I just like the whole Superman uh, Jesus thing is a, a well-worn, well-played thing. Um, and yeah, 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 he died. Yeah, he died, and he's going to come back. But guess what? They did that in the comics already. Um, they did that in the Bible too. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but you know, he didn't um, have I, the I, Eradicator I bring yeah, him back. It could have been there. Zack Snyder, Goyer, and and maybe Terio, but at least in the first movie, the Goyers and, and one of the Nolan guys, mm. they uh, they love their uh, Superman is Jesus imagery. It could have come out oh, you know, also on, on the, Halloween, and it would have had Jesus imagery in it. The mm. first scene, the, the scene that we were talking about, where Batman saves the little girl, a giant like he, there's literally the the beam that's about to fall on her is literally a giant cross. Yeah, if you do, go back and you watch this movie, it, there's a shit ton of crosses in it. They do Jesus it's, stuff with Batman too, like when he's being when yeah. he's being, when he's levitating out of the hole where he drop falls in he's with his arms out. Which, by the way, yeah. when that movie started and that happened, I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I oh was worried." Gosh, I'm so excited because I was worried. I, I thought he was going to be supernatural. What I hideous energy was. I hope that this movie surpasses my expectations, which were low, and is pretty good and enjoyable mm. and a fun time. Or I hope that it is so horrendously awful on every single level. To where I have enjoyment out of it because it's just so completely wrong hmm. and just you know a total disaster. So when it opens with him levitating out, I got pretty excited. <laughs> to where I was like, "Oh my gosh, this movie's gonna be awful!" I'm so excited. And then it was a dream, and I was like, "Oh okay, all right, whatever." Yeah, that's yeah, that's, uh, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so we've had a, a seven out of ten from me. We've had a uh, essentially a uh, a three out of ten from Tyler, which, funnily enough, exactly the score it got on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so, uh, David, do you want to wrap things up with um, your final thoughts and what you uh, what you would give it out of five, yes. out of ten, out of a binary? See it, don't see it. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I definitely I wouldn't urge anyone to not see it. Um, there, I think there are very few movies where I would say you know unequivocally don't see this movie. Um, I, I wouldn't do that. I, I think if you have any interest in watching the movie, if you want to see a fight between you know Batman and Superman, there's one in the movie. So I mean, you you can you can see that happen if that's what you're into. It's a long movie. It's two and a half hours long, which I think is probably the most important thing for people to know going into it if they're on the fence about it because it is a commitment. It did uh, feel it, the length. It didn't feel did. it didn't feel long, but it did feel like two and a half hours. It felt yeah. If the, that makes the first sense. hour is 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 pretty yeah. it's pretty slow. Um. So I, I wouldn't say don't see it. I, I would just say, you know, you, you've probably heard from us and from everybody else kind of it's divisive. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I would uh, say if you didn't like Man of Steel, that there's probably like you, you're probably not going to like this. Probably and... not. I probably liked this a little bit more than Man of Steel, but I don't love Man of Steel either. So I don't know. I, it, it's it's hard telling. It, it's it's even weird to call this a sequel to Man of Steel because in a lot of ways it's a Batman it's, slash yeah. pre Justice League. Movie. I mean, in this kind of universe where you've got everything tied into everything else, it's kind of like calling um, I don't know, like Captain America: The Winter Soldier, a um, a sequel to whatever the movie was before that, like literally the the movie before that. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, technically, that is true. It is a sequel, but it's kind of not at the same time. Yeah. Well, and I think Civil War is going to be that way too. Uh, it's mm. 
they they've been consistent in saying that it's going to be a Captain America movie and it's Cap and Bucky, you know, heavy and centric and yeah, everything else. But it is Avengers, um, basically. But at the same time, I mean, it's it does seem like it's going to be Avengers three in in some ways. Yeah. But anyway, out of ten, I'd probably give it a three and a half or a four, four if I'm feeling generous. Um, mm-hmm. I think there are some good things in it. I think you know it, it's maybe worth watching one time if you have interest in these characters. Uh, if for no other reason didn't sort of get a preview of what this universe, where it's going, hmm. um, you know, I don't regret yeah. going to see it by any means. I mean, yeah, I it's one of those things where like, like I, it, I, I didn't, but <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. I didn't really like it, and I'm not like like there's a chance that some of my coworkers are going again, and we work at a movie theater, so we're going to a movie theater that has it that we get in for free. So I might tag along and go see it again just to like really think about it more. Yeah. Um yeah. but like to me I didn't want to not see it because I wanted to see where it's going, but I knew I kind of going in that based on what I had heard that I it was a lot of the, my complaints with Man of Steel again and so I wasn't looking forward to it. But at the same time, there were enough bright spots in the movie where I didn't I didn't leave and go, oh, that was terrible. The whole movie was bad. There were a couple of good things. And I do kind of want to watch a solo Batman movie with Ben Affleck. And um, I'm looking forward to the Wonder Woman movie and Suicide Squad. Hmm. But I'm not looking forward to the Justice League movie. (laughs) We'll just keep our fingers crossed that somebody excels to the point that they decide to replace Snyder with them. (laughs) <laughs> that's what I would like I would love it if, if, if somebody if one of those guys been a good movie James and Wan they got rid of Snyder and maybe I, I just think that he's not the right person for this mm. I think they're putting too much faith in him and I just don't think he's the right guy I mean, not even, even that if he's they just bad good, I just don't think he's the right guy maybe they just need a change of script writers like genuinely like I, I think that if you give Zack Snyder a solid script and he literally just directs that script you would have an amazing movie on your hands because yeah, like, he think, gets I think the exactly their own Kevin Faggy. Oh, yes. can you imagine fo- Marvel, oh, Marvel has word. somebody who hasn't like knows like has the vision for the future and yeah. I don't think anybody at WB really has it. Hmm. It's I mean it's Zack Snyder. That that's that's who right. they've placed in that role which to your point is he's not the right person for it. I mean his yeah. his vision is I mean pretty consistently not liked and yeah, it's I don't know. They've definitely also there was a the, the a lot of people were like, oh, the reviews are really bad, but obviously it made a lot of money, so it's pretty good. But the uh, there was a seventy one percent drop off this weekend. Yeah, so. that was pretty yeah, pretty huge. bad. But everyone that wanted yeah. to see it has already seen it, and it's made a shit yeah, ton of money already. That did not happen with the Marvel movies. No, it didn't. It didn't. Money. But again, we're comparing Marvel to DC. It's apples and oranges to to an extent. And yeah. it still made more than enough money that they're going to carry on with this. And that makes me happy and a lot of other people really annoyed. And I don't care because <laughs> I get more movies that I enjoy watching. So Yeah, man, there's, you know. I'm, I'm always good with more superhero yeah. movies. As I long mean, as it's... I'm happy watching more. And these conversations are fun to have. And yeah. I'm excited to have them for Civil War and probably Suicide Squad. Oh, man, and... this, that, that will be a much more positive talk, I, I, I think, yeah. honestly. I, I love me some Marvel movies. No one can ever... Uh, accuse me of being like a a DC fanboy that hates yeah. all things Marvel because genuinely right. like Marvel are fucking knocking that shit out of the park. They are. And, and and I want DC to do the same thing. I just think that they're just not really doing it and I would like to see it happen. I mean but... give them time. They may not get it this go around but 
I'm at some point they'll do something which everybody loves rather than just me and my Hopefully. small small band of sympathizers. I'd be really I I'm I'm really I'm really pulling for Suicide Squad. I hope they I hope they do it with that. I'm keeping my fingers crossed for it. I'm quietly confident. But anyway, we've run out of time. Yeah. So um thanks again everyone for tuning in and listening to us ramble on about stuff that you probably all hated. And uh <laughs> <laughs> um until next time for Tyler and uh, for David Hopkins. Uh if you want to listen to more of our ramblings, there's Generation Animation, there is Eerie International and there is Hideous Energy. Uh, Until then, thanks for putting up with our bullshit. See you next time.